Hey, you're listening to Yo, This Can't Be Life, the podcast that aims to educate and inform Black women on how to take better care of their physical, mental, and financial health. I'm your host, Bree Montgomery, and I'm inviting you to join me as I interview resident experts to find out the cheat codes to living your best life. The information provided is intended to be general advice and should not be considered medical advice. For that, please consult your medical professional. This week in the guest chair, we have Barry and Barry. We talk about types of food we should be eating, the steps to take to have a pain-free period, what cycle syncing is and why you should do it. Barion Berry is a holistic menstrual health educator, integrative health practitioner, and the founder of the Flow Academy. Part of her mission is to teach administrators how to master their monthly flow. As the founder of the Flow Academy, Barry focuses specifically on teaching those who identify as female entrepreneurs or modern women how to have better periods and healthier hormones naturally through cycle syncing and online menstrual health education. And with that, let's get on with the show. So I'd like to welcome Barry on Barry to the show. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Tell us who you are and a little bit more about yourself. Oh gosh, who am I? It depends on the day. Um, but I am a holistic menstrual health educator, integrative health practitioner, and the founder of the Flow Academy. Essentially, I teach menstruators how to master their menstrual cycle. And inside the Flow Academy, I basically teach people who identify as modern women how to have pain-free periods. Period. It's real simple. <laughs> Awesome. I don't hear about that profession a lot. How did you get start on this journey? Yeah, so I'm going to be honest, I never thought I was going to grow up and teach people about periods. I went to college for politics, actually. I thought I was going to go be a politician. And then lo and behold, I was like, "Mm, no, not for me. Um, So I got certified as a functional nutritionist, a personal trainer, and really a specialist in hormones. And then I would say in about January of 2019, I niched down, if you will, into the menstrual health space. And now I kind of bridge the gap between a menstruator and their OBGYN. I translate the science because it's not always sexy. A lot of times doctors will say things that go over people's heads. So my job is to simplify it and make it a lot more approachable. Um, And I really started by figuring out what was happening with my period and understanding that periods are normal, but our pain is not. Although pain is really common, it doesn't mean that it's normal. Mm, That is just so mind-blowing to me because we've always been just led to believe that that's just a normal part of a period. Everybody has it. That's the way it is and deal with it. So how do we get to a point? I'm sure it's a very complicated answer, but like, what are the ways we can go about getting to the point where we don't have those painful periods? You know, there's, like you said, it's kind of complicated, but to be very honest with you, I like to simplify everything and in our community as women of color, we are underserved when it comes to the health space. And I say the easiest thing we can do is eat our way to a better period. Nutrition plays such a large part in actually alleviating pain of all kind, but especially menstrual pain. So I'm always saying, hey, get your proteins, your healthy fat and your fiber and watch your salt, oil and sugar intake. Now in our community, 
we love flavor, you know, we, we love yes. a good spice. We love that. But absolutely you know, <laughs> understanding how to still have the flavor, but maybe not as much of it, right? Still have our favorite meals, but cutting down on that sodium intake because that is negatively impacting our cycles altogether. So I always say start with food, eat your way there. From there, if you, you want to, you know, you can dabble in cycle syncing um, and really aligning your lifestyle with your menstrual cycle because it is a blueprint. But again, I start with the food because it is the easiest and lowest barrier of entry. Okay. So you mentioned cycle syncing. Can you mm-hmm. break that down a little bit more? I feel like most people are not really aware of what that is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So honestly, cycle syncing is aligning your life with the phases of your menstrual cycle. And a lot of people don't know there are four phases of the menstrual cycle. And the first phase is menstruation. This is literally when you're on your period, that uterine lining is shedding and you're bleeding. And you're like, look, don't look at me. Don't talk to me. Bye. Right? So that's the first phase. Then our second phase of our cycle is the follicular phase. So this is post-menstruation, but before ovulation. This is when your energy levels start to increase, your estrogen is on the rise. Um, There's a hormone called the follicle-stimulating hormone, which is essentially, its job is to help grow an egg. It's on the rise as well, so we have a surge in energy. Then we have the third phase of your cycle, which is ovulation, and ovulation, I mean, we all know what ovulation is, but in case you don't know, it's when you're feeling good, you're looking like a whole meal, and we just, you know, we're just like, yes, yes to everything. This is also the time where the egg is released from the ovaries, and you'll notice that there's a surge in your energy, but also at the same time, your skin might be a little clearer. Now, this is not, everyone doesn't experience this, but most people do. I'd say generally about 75% of menstruators experience this. And then we have the fourth phase of the cycle, which is your luteal or PMS phase. This is where there is actually a decrease in your estrogen levels, an increase in a hormone called progesterone. And this is where we're irritable. We're definitely not trying to be tried by anybody ever, but definitely during this phase. And it happens to just be because our serotonin levels drop as our estrogen drops and our progesterone increases, which is kind of that potential pregnancy hormone, as I like to call it. And those are the four phases. Now, syncing with it is when you take each phase of your cycle and align your life with it. So, you know, maybe you plan out your launch in sync with your cycle or you plan your meals based off of your cycle or you plan your workouts. Now, you know, this is something I do on a regular basis and I'm always teaching people, but I understand that like, if this is your first time hearing it, you're like, girl, what? So, do you mind if I give a little hot tip on how to sink in? We want all the tips. Okay. Okay. So the easiest way to really sink in with your cycle is to know that there are two weeks of high energy and two weeks of low energy. So when you are planning your life, just be mindful of that. There are two weeks where you will want to work out a little bit more intensely, do some, you know, hit training, maybe go for like a hike, do something that's going to push your body a little bit more and be a little bit more strenuous, whether it's power or resistance training. And then there's two weeks of lower energy where maybe you'll want to work out um, and the workout is just going for a walk or doing some Pilates at home, maybe doing a nice yoga flow, really relaxing the body because it helps the hormones do what they need to do without overwhelming 
overwhelming your hormones. And hormones is like a different topic altogether. But I think that that's really the easiest way to sink in is to remember there's these two phases or two types of phases, like two phases of high energy, two phases of low energy, honor that, respect it and move with it. All right. Yes. That was a lot. So if we need to unpack it, let me know. Right. Yeah. I I just feel like I've never even, I'm like one of those people who didn't even know all about the sinking. So I'm like, oh, I just, it's just a new way of thinking. Mm -hmm. Like, okay, do this then because you're more apt for this. Yeah. And I think that what, one of the things that I've noticed is a lot of people want to do everything all at once. And it's like, no, take it one step at a time. We just found out, like, I don't want to be like, we just found out, but like, honestly, I found out about two years ago about the importance of syncing in with your cycle. I didn't start practicing it until about 18 months ago, you know, and I've taken it step by step by step. So first I would start with my food. Then I moved my workouts. And now as a business owner, I align my entire business with this, but it hasn't always been like that. Right, right. So I'm glad that you gave us kind of a starter baby step way to approach it because I feel like, yeah, you're right. If you do too much too fast, it's probably going to not work out. So start with your food. I think that's a good way to go about it. Mm -hmm. Thank you for that. I know you talked a little bit about certain foods that we should be adding in. Are there certain nutrients that we should be concentrating in or are those specific foods what we need to just go ahead and add or remove? Girl, yes, we need to add in all of the nutrients. Like, honestly, the way that our soil is today is like the way our food is grown is like a big component of the lack of nutrients that we have. But if I were to say like, top nutrients that any menstruator should have. First, make sure you're getting enough iron, especially if you're somebody who's a heavy bleeder, make sure you have enough iron in your body. The second thing would be magnesium. From there, we want to focus on like calcium and zinc. Now, I'm going to be honest, there is a lot more I could tell you, (laughs) but I think finding a really good multivitamin is going to help support the body as best as it possibly can be supported in addition to eating a very well-rounded and well-balanced diet. Okay. Okay. So I know there's like all these different kinds of magnesium. Is there Mm. a specific kind that you're speaking about? So I always say magnesium calcate or glycinate. And the reason I suggest that is because it really needs something to bind with it in your body. Now, I'm not going to overwhelm all y'all and be like, let's talk about like organic chemistry and how this is happening. That's doing way too much. But you definitely want to find a magnesium that's either a glycinate or a calcate and make sure that it has like maybe get the blend being magnesium, zinc, and calcium. They typically sell that at like your local grocery store. You'll be able to find a magnesium like that. Okay, that's great. So when we're doing the different things, are we trying to sync certain foods at certain points of the cycle? Or just as long as we get those healthy foods in during the cycle, we're fine? Yeah, so there's definitely different points and times where you want to eat different foods throughout your cycle. But what I have found is most people are not getting proteins, healthy fat, and fiber at every single meal. 
So rather than like focusing your energy on, okay, let me get like my dark leafy greens during my PMS week and make sure that I'm having those like comfy, cozy foods when I'm like on my period, I always suggest protein, healthy fat, and fiber at every single meal. If you can master the basics of what you need to be getting, which are like your macronutrients, and then focus on getting specific things in abundance throughout your cycle, you're better off. So step one, you know, protein, healthy fat, fiber, every single meal. Step two is then, okay, I'm in a specific phase of my cycle. So if you're in the fourth phase of your cycle, which is PMS, we want to do dark leafy greens because the body is preparing to like expel blood. So go ahead and prepare your body, get as much iron in as possible, but also be reasonable because some people like to overdo it. So like maybe add an extra serving of spinach to your plate or something along those lines. So you're not again overwhelmed because this is a process and a lot of people like to bite off more than they can chew for lack of better words. And we don't want that. Okay. Okay. Yes. Now that we realize that a lot of those extreme issues with our period are not normal, are those considered hormonal imbalances or how do we label that? So most period issues do come back down to hormonal imbalances. However, there are primary period issues and then there are secondary period issues. And just to kind of provide some context, a primary period issue is the only problem you have is like your period is painful and it is caused by, let's say, your cortisol or your stress levels being too high. That is a primary issue for your period because your overall health is good except for this one issue with your period. However, many individuals suck or struggle with secondary period issues. Secondary period issues are actually a result of a bigger thing happening, whether it's high blood pressure, whether it's obesity, whether it's um, cardiac uh, issues, things along those lines. So you have to know, okay, is my problem solely because of my period or is my problem also linked to something else? Nine times out of 10, depending on like the type of environment that you've grown up, it could be a 50-50 thing. It could be primarily just because of your period, but it also, especially in our community, it could be related to other things. So we just kind of have to test rather than guessing what it is. And yes, it does more often than not come back down to hormonal imbalances, but just about everything comes back to that. And I think when you talk about hormonal imbalances, you have to understand that it's not just one hormone. It's not just your thyroid gland. It's not just your melatonin. It's not just your cortisol. It's all of them intertwined and interlinking based off of systems in the body. Sorry for the long-winded answer. but No, I like long-winded <laughs> answers because that gives me the most information because I might get some information that I didn't even know that I needed. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So give me all the long-winded answers. I feel like in, um, especially in the black community, one of the biggest issues we deal with, especially because of menstrual, like menstrual discomfort, a lot of times in our community is associated with high blood pressure or weight. Mm. So when you have high blood pressure or you're overweight, a lot of that can be associated with something called an estrogen dominance. Estrogen dominance is what we don't want because that causes heavy bleeding and more pain. That is not something we want. 
And with our community being underserved in the health space, we have to be proactive rather than reactive and understand, hey, if this person has high blood pressure, this person is overweight and they have high blood pressure, that person more than likely has a secondary period pain issue. So let's target the weight because that's going to help with the blood pressure. Once we're able to help with the blood pressure, we can begin to alleviate menstrual pain, but it's all linked together and it kind of creates this cycle. But unfortunately, most of us are not literate in our body, right? So we don't know these things. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. So yeah, at least we know that if we're doing one thing, we're actually helping another. So you just get a, like a two for one in that. So that yeah. is promising. Definitely. So I know a lot of times when you go to your your doctors and you're describing these issues, they tend to push us to get on hormonal birth control. Oh, gosh, yes. So, so what are your thoughts on that? It seems like you're not a fan. Um. Okay, I'm going to try to say this as politically correct as possible. Hormonal birth control is trash. The <laughs> end... <laughs> Okay, so, and this is coming from somebody who has been on hormonal birth control, and I understand that it is everybody's choice to be on it or not be on it, but I want to break it down because I think a lot of people have a tendency to just be like, oh, birth control is going to solve the problem. No, it's putting a Band-Aid over a very large womb. When you're on hormonal birth control, what actually happens is the communication between your brain and your ovaries stops. And if you didn't know, the menstrual cycle actually starts in the brain. So when you stop the communication between the brain and the ovaries, you are no longer ovulating. If you are not ovulating, you are not menstruating. Hormonal birth control stops you from ovulating. Even though you might still get a bleed, it's not an actual menstrual bleed. It's not a period. It's Hmm. what we call a withdrawal bleed. That is just a result of having too many hormones in the body that are synthetic. So that's why I say hormonal birth control is trash because it's not that it's not um, an option that people should consider. It's that people are not educated enough about what's happening with our hormonal birth control and then we're putting it in our bodies and then when we decide we're going to get off and we want to have kids we can't because our body's depleted of a ton of nutrients because somebody gave us a pill six years ten years ago and we didn't know so there's the saga with hormonal birth all right okay so those type of things that we alleviate with that it's the changes in our diet, the you know, the exercising and all of that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. How long do you does it take for us to start seeing those effects? Cuz I know a lot of times with the birth control it's a, a quick kind of thing. And so for someone trying to transition, how much time should we kind of put into saying, "Okay, it's okay. It's not happening yet, but it's going to come. How long should we expect it to take before we start alleviating those life-altering pain symptoms? So that's really going to look different for everybody. And I know that's not the answer most people want to hear, but yo, 
I got to tell you the truth. It's going to look really different for everybody. I know people, like I have clients who have gotten off of hormonal birth control and have been able to manage their pain within like a month or two months. But I also know some women take even longer and it could be four to six months because, you know, they had issues before even getting on the pill that were never resolved. So what you want to think about is, hey, when I first got on hormonal birth control, what was my health like? Was I actually in the ideal health space? Like, was my period normal before I got on the pill? Or did I get on the pill because I was in pain? If you got on the pill because you were in pain, know that that might come back. But if you can begin to transition your lifestyle choices, eating properly, nourishing your body with the proper nutrients prior to getting off of the pill or the implant or whatever you're on, you'll be in a better place. So ideally, I want to say it'll take one to two months. Realistically, it takes anywhere from four to six months if you're not already like proactively doing the proper things to get off. Okay, but I think that was good advice to start doing some of those things before you get off. Mm -hmm. So it's not like a complete change or shock to your body. For sure, for sure. I mean, when I got off the pill, honestly, I just did it cold turkey because I was like, I don't like this, like, bye. And it was, that was it. And I'm very grateful that I did that, but I did that before I even started working in the menstrual health space. So that was like six years ago. Uh And like I said, I'm grateful I did it, but there's so much more that I, not if I knew than what I know now, I would have not just gotten off of it cold turkey. I would have done it in a very like systematic way so that my body didn't feel as like weird and I didn't go through like a ton of like mood changes specifically. Right, right. Yeah. Uh, A phasing out, if you will. Mm -hmm. All right. So that's good to know for anyone thinking about making the transition, go slow, start incorporating those good health habits in first. Yes, I would totally say yes. (laughs) Okay. So for those people who experience more of the hormony acne aspect of the things, what if anything would you do different about your regimen or your way of approaching this? So when it comes to hormonal acne, the first thing you want to understand is one, there's a difference between hormonal acne and cystic acne. And essentially what I mean is we all get hormonal acne once a month, every month, and it's super normal. Cystic acne is a whole different thing. And that's where you need to really be working with a dermatologist. So, you know, there's like cyst in the face and like under the skin and different things like that. So I can't speak on that. But Hormonal acne, let's talk about it. So once a month, every month, we know that we go from being real glowy and cute to looking and feeling like, you know, not so cute because of a zit on our face. That happens because the week before your period, when you're PMSing, your body actually has this decrease in estrogen and increase in progesterone. This decrease in estrogen is associated um, with a lot of different things, but specifically, you'll notice that this is going to sound so sciencey. I'm so sorry. But your sebaceous gland, which is a gland in your face, starts to secrete more sebum, which is actually like a natural oil that our face creates to keep us like hydrated and moisturizing. Well, when your body overproduces it, that's what causes the hormonal breakouts that we get. 
But in addition to that, a lot of us have a tendency to get cravings once a month, every month. Yes. So we're also not nourishing the body the right way, right? Like we're not eating the right things. We're not being mindful of these things. Well, that oil from your favorite salt and vinegar chips, because I definitely just had some, so I'm going to tell myself, <laughs> that's going to come through my skin. The okay. body does that because basically the body wants to purge but one of the easiest ways for it to purge, especially if you don't have a healthy gut, is actually through your skin. Because if you're not pooping regularly, then your body is like, well, how do I get this like toxins and this trash out of my skin or my body? So it comes through the skin. Interesting. Okay. So are there certain things that we should like totally strip away? Or is it one of those things where if we are cycle syncing, can we just like... If we have to have it, have it in a certain time of the month. You know, when it comes to skin, I'm always a big fan of like eating whatever, whenever. Um, okay. As long as it's like clean stuff. If it's coming from like the earth, we're good to go. If it's coming from a package, just be a little mindful of it. That's all. That's like the best way to say it without making people feel bad about what they're eating. Right. Yeah. And I think it's probably better just to have some of whatever the quote unquote bad thing is, because in my experience, if you take it out totally, then you're just going to eventually break down and just eat way more than you would have ate in the first place. Yeah. And I mean, for me, like I'm all about like 80, 20 as much as possible. And I think that, you know, when you're singing with your cycle and you're trying to eat your way to a better period, one of the things I would encourage anybody to do is really watch that salt intake, really watch that sugar intake and oil. Those three things, we call them SOS, salt, oil, and sugar, are culprits. And our body naturally starts to crave these things more when we're PMSing because there's an increase in your reproductive system because it's like, oh, maybe I'll be pregnant. And it's not, even if it's not pregnant, your body naturally thinks this. So because there's this like increase in your reproductive system, there's an increase in not only your metabolism, but also other things that you may be wanting. And you have to learn how to manage it yourself. And that's going to look different for everybody. So just like be mindful of it, but like, don't make yourself crazy about it. Okay. All right. That makes sense. So I'm hearing different things about the materials and things that you use for your period. And I see this big push for like natural ingredients and things like that. Mm -hmm. So I'm talking like tampons and pads and cups and all of that kind of stuff. What are your thoughts on how those materials affect your body and like, organic versus those traditional materials it's so funny because like honestly most people don't realize this but there's so many chemicals in products that are not organic so if you are somebody with a period you need to be using organic cotton period there's no this is not a back and forth thing in my opinion there's nothing else that we need to discuss about it because the issue with the non-organic Um, tampons, pads, whatever, is the fact that they contain toxins within the cotton. 
when a toxin goes into your vaginal canal, know that it's messing not only with your pH levels of your vagina and causing like things like bacterial vaginosis and yeast infections and things like that, but it's also just not making you healthy. So when you buy organic, not only are you able to ensure that the product is 100% clean and toxin-free, but you can actually go back to a normal state. More often than not, what I've heard from a lot of my clients is that they no longer have yeast infections. They're no longer dealing with bacterial vaginosis. They're feeling better. And, you know, that is really where it should start. Like, you know, like there's, I don't really think there's much of a discussion we need to have outside of that, but like, I love companies like the Honey Pot Co. I love companies like Cora Woman. Um, there's just so many different companies out here and the pricing is literally comparable to non-organic stuff. So there's not even like really, in my opinion, there's no excuse not to have organic okay. products. Wow. Okay. So I'm glad we got that out. (laughs) (laughs) So as far as resources, like say you're listening to this and you're like, oh my gosh, it's just so much I don't know, or I want to be able to look at things written down. What types of resources do you suggest for people who want to have more information? Um, me? Hello. (laughs) Not to shamelessly plug myself, but that's literally what I do. So my company, The Flow Academy, this is what we do. We like educate people about menstrual health through Instagram a lot of the times. More often than not, if you have a request for something specific, just send it to the DMs and like my assistant will make everything for us. She'll be like, hey, we need a post about this. So you can go to the Flow Academy on Instagram. You can go to the blog, the Flow Academy. Someone is now writing blog posts for us. She's taken my podcast and turning them into blog posts. And so that's really where I would tell people to start. I love to recommend like books and stuff like that, but I think that just surrounding yourself and listening to individuals who not only know what they're talking about, but that you feel comfortable with are really a great place to start. Absolutely. And I think you kind of mentioned it, but so you do have a podcast. I do. It's called Flow with Barry Unberry. Now the podcast is a little different than most things. Um, And the reason I say it's a little different is because My podcast focuses on menstrual health, but it teaches you how to live in daily flow. So it teaches you how to live in sync with your cycle for body, balance, and business. Because listen, we love to get these coins, you know, like we love to make sure that we're making power moves on and off our period. And so I use the podcast as a way to really teach individuals how to do that without being overwhelmed, without being burnt out and feeling like, you know, bad about themselves. That sounds amazing. Thank you. (laughs) Because, I mean, yeah, we're more than just our periods. So although we were trying to get that together and that'll be significant, there's other things we want to do. So, And I love to just like, I'm one of those people, like I'm a talker, as you can tell, right? Like I have an overflow of information, but like, I think that what we need is casual conversations about menstruation. And instead of looking for other people to do it, I just started doing it. I was like, listen, let's pop off about this real quick. Like, just real quick. So, yeah, I mean, and it needed to be said. So I'm so glad it's there. A great resource. Like, I have listened. Your Instagrams are amazing. <laughs> Thank you. So I can attest to those. 
it's just like so many things I didn't even know I didn't know. Right. Like, listen, I felt like I was lied to for like 10 whole years of my life because yeah, yeah. everybody told me I was supposed to be in pain and that it was normal. What? That doesn't even make sense. Like when you think about it, when is pain ever normal? Never. So why is it normal when it comes to our periods? It shouldn't be, but we tell people it is. Nah, we're switching that up. Like, I can't, we can't do that. Right, right. I mean, it's, it's, it's in everything. It's in the advertising. It's in movies. It's mm-hmm. just like passed down. Like, this is supposed to be how it is. So you just grin and bear it because everybody goes through it, right? Yeah. But like, here's the thing. I was like, yo, this can't be life. You see what I did there? Yes. yes I love it. <laughs> but seriously, that's how I felt. I was like, yo, this cannot be real life. Like, we cannot be in this much pain and think this is normal. Like, we are just conditioned to believe that. But like, hey, we're switching narratives. We are relearning, unlearning some things. Learning other things is cool. We're all doing it as a collective, especially when it comes to like what's happening in society today. So let's just take it a little further, bring it to our bodies. Let's unlearn what they told us about pain and learn something new. Yes. Thank you so much. I feel like I've learned so much and I know everybody is going to be like blown away when they hear this. Oh, yay. That makes me so happy. Thank you so much for having me. Is there any one last thing you want to let everyone know? Periods are normal. Pain is not. Thank you for coming to my TED Talk. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much, Barion. So what did you guys think? I never would have thought about cycle syncing or trying to align my life with my cycle, but it does sound like it could be beneficial. So I'm definitely going to look into that. If you want to keep up with Barry, she's at Barryon L. Barry on Instagram. Her podcast is Flow with Barryon Barry, available on all the major platforms. And the Flow Academy is at www.theflowacademy.com. Of course, if you'd like to keep up with us, we're on Instagram and Facebook at Yo This Can't Be Life. We also have a Twitter page. We're available for your listening pleasure on all major platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and Google. Go ahead and subscribe. That way you won't miss an episode. Please consider giving us a rating or review on Apple Podcasts or sharing your favorite episode on social media. Thank you all again for everybody who supported us. Until next time.